grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Uh, let me ask you a question as we start out today. Uh, when was the last time you did something you didn't want to do? How many of you are here right now answering that question? All right, all right, all right. Anybody here who just cannot wait to go and mow the lawn or do the dishes or fold and put up the laundry? How many of you this week were in an office somewhere or somewhere inside and you looked outside and you said, you know what? I just want to pull off a Ferris Bueller right now and just have a day off. Let me ask you this. It's a little different of a question, but when was the last time that you did something that made you afraid? Something that put fear into your heart. When Marcy and I were first married, and we're coming up on 10 years next month, I was helping her out as a chaperone on one of her choir trips to an amusement park, Cedar Point. The choir had sung great, and now their performance over, and now they had time to do what they called fun, what I call death by inertia and height. They went on roller coasters. We stood in line uh, for this one roller coaster, and it was something like, I don't know, like, what, two hours? Two hours? That's a long time to wait in the line. I could have watched a movie, okay? Now and again, you may have noticed that I'm not exactly a tall man. I know, I know, it's a shocker. But I do believe that the Lord made me this height simply because if the Lord made me tall, I would walk around in fear all my days. So the Lord didn't want that for me, so he made me short to the ground. We stood in this line, and uh, I don't know, has any ever, anybody ever been on a roller coaster at Cedar Point or Kings Island or something? Okay, so you know what I'm talking about here. They, they have this thing called a seat, I call a trap, um, where you sit down, and they have this thing that they put over your shoulders, they're all... You know, that kind of thing. And I, we were getting up towards the point where we were going into the seat of doom. And, um, and I was watching these people. And, and what I noticed is that once they were in, they, they, they couldn't get out. And, and I, was, I started I have this look on my face. Now, Marcy knew me very well. And she looked at me. And I looked at her. And she knew that I was going to bolt. Now, just like how many loving wives know this about their husbands, they know exactly what buttons to push in order to make something happen or not happen. And my wife knew exactly what to do. And that was not to be, oh, honey, it's going to be okay. Because she knew I could get out of that. Because I will say, no, it won't. Okay? She knew what exactly what to do. And what did she do? She got mad. She got mad. We've been standing in this line for two hours, and now you don't want to go on the ride? And now, see, now I'm faced with a dilemma. I have the choice between two things, and we all know what the catalyst of change is, right? You're going to keep doing whatever it is you're doing until that option becomes the lesser or the more of two evils, okay? So I knew at that moment, either get on the roller coaster or have Marcy mad at me. I chose to get on the roller coaster. Amen. Amen. And all the wives are going, hallelujah. Okay. So, so I get on the roller coaster, and as soon I kid you not, Marcy got on first, and I followed. And, you know, she's like, doo-doo-doo, done. Okay. I get on, and for some reason, it's all drawn out. You know, I'm sitting there, and it, okay. And as soon as the lock bolted, Marcy looked at me, and she started to laugh. 
And, and I, I looked at her. I said, what are you laughing at? We're going to die. And she said, I knew exactly what to do. I cannot believe you got on. And I was just like, ah. I mean, my wife, she tricked me. She's good. Today in our gospel story, we encounter a, a, pretty, a pretty weird text, don't we? I mean, we, we really have it all here. We have crazy people. Uh, we have demons talking. Not so much flying pigs, but pigs running down into their doom off of a cliff, off of a, a steep hill. Now, th- this gospel story comes on the heels of a story uh, where Jesus and the disciples are out on this lake. And the big storm arises, and Jesus is taking a nap, and the disciples are like, we're all going to die, and they wake Jesus up, and he's like, stop it, don't you trust in me, and he calms the storm. So that's where we're coming off of. And now we're going over to this, this territory called the Gerasenes, which is a Galilean territory. And in the Gospel of Luke, this is the one and only time that Jesus actually goes into Galilean territory. Galilean territory is like not Jewish territory, but for Gentiles, okay? So Jesus is in the Gentile territory. And when he gets there, uh, you know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So Jesus gets there, and what happens to him as soon as he gets there? This crazy guy comes up to him, and he's not talking to him. He's yelling at him. And this man seems out of his mind crazy. In fact, he is because he's possessed by demons. Scripture says that this man had not worn clothes for a long time. He was that guy, okay? And he had not worn clothes for a long time, and he didn't live in a house. He lived in a cemetery. Okay. So according to the other time that we hear this story, which is in Mark's gospel, we hear from Mark's gospel that the demons tormented this guy so much that he actually was hitting himself and and bruising himself with stones. And Mark goes on to say, as, as well as Luke, that no one could restrain him anymore. Even with chains. So they would shackle him up. They would chain him up. And still he would find a way to get out of those chains, out of that bondage. So he comes up to Jesus and he's yelling at him. And he asks Jesus for healing. He asks Jesus to cast out these demons. So many demons this man was possessed by that this man identified himself as legion. There were that many demons in him. I don't know about you, but how many times in your life, maybe this past week, maybe even today, it's not just one pressure that gets to you in life. It's several different things. And they all don't have to be big things. It could all be, it's a culmination of a little things. Anybody going through so many little things in their life right now that they're feeling a little crazy? Okay. So Jesus sets this man free. Jesus sets this man free and casts out the demons into a herd of pigs, and they run down a, a cliff and drown. But even with that kind of drama, what's most interesting to me this morning in this story isn't what happens to the pigs, as interesting as that is. What's most interesting to me is how the people respond to what happens to the man and the pigs. You see, after the pigs jump into the lake, the swine herds, which are like shepherds for sheep, but they're, they look after the pigs, they go running into the city. And I mean, they go everywhere, across the countryside, to tell everyone what had just happened. And the people came from everywhere to see what had happened. And what makes their jaws drop isn't even the pile of dead pigs. It's the man who once was possessed. This is what the scripture says. Listen if you missed it the first time. Then the people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found a man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. 
Now, the word afraid is an interesting one. What were they afraid of? Were they afraid of what happened to the pigs? Were they afraid that there were demons about? No. Look at the timing in which Scripture tells us that they were afraid. They were afraid after they saw the once possessed man healed sitting at Jesus' feet. Then they were afraid. Interesting, isn't it? The timing of the fear. Were they afraid of the pigs dead? The demons, they're gone. So what could they be afraid of? This is what I think they're afraid of. I think they're afraid of what is suddenly dawning on them. They're realizing that the power and potential for God to give transformation is actually a reality. And they haven't believed it before. They thought all along this guy was so crazy and no way could any change happen in this guy's life. No way could he be saved. No way could he be healed. So they dealt with him accordingly. With the transformation of this man from crazed to calm, perhaps their bias, maybe even their abuse of this guy was exposed. Maybe they've treated him as someone less than human. But now they have to suddenly admit that he is human. Maybe he had demons in him, but he himself was not a demon. And furthermore, I think that they were scared because they had to realize that they are in the presence, in the presence of Jesus. The presence of someone who can heal the sickest and scariest person they know. And in this moment, they had a glimpse of God. Whether they can name it or not as such, and I think it terrifies them. There's a, uh, when I was uh, on internship, I did uh, prison ministry. And uh, and part of that prison ministry um, I got to do was with uh, 220 juvenile sex offenders. That's right, juvenile sex offenders. And uh, I got to cast a, a play uh, for them to do uh, The Last Supper. And in that play, the whole point was to try to educate these young men about the power and transformation of God that they can have in their lives. And one guy, I kid you not, his name was Nathan, or I'm sorry, Nathaniel, and he played Nathan. And he actually, the week of the performance, got paroled. And you know what? There he was. He had spent the last seven years in prison. He got up in front of the judge at his parole hearing. The judge pronounced his parole, and he said, can I stay in jail one week longer so I can be in this play? The judge said, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Knock yourself out. The craziness in this story isn't the story, isn't the craziness of the demons, isn't even the pigs. The craziness in this story is the people who send Jesus away because he's their only chance at sanity. But sanity comes at a cost because they now understand that they are not as in control as they thought they were. And it scares them. So what do they do? They send Jesus away. What about us? What about you? Right now. How many of you love change? Yeah, change. Change can be tough, can't it? Change a job. Change in health. Change in house. Location. Leadership. Change in a relationship. Change can be hard, but is it always bad? No? Is change always bad? No, that's good. How many of us would still be in kindergarten? 
There you go. Some days I feel like it's still there. Are we? Oh, yeah, junior high. Nobody wants to go back there. All right. <laughs> Sorry, you got me on that one, Debbie. That was, that was a good point. All right. Let me ask you this. Are we so dedicated to things as they are and to the false comfort of the broken familiar that we turn Jesus away when he introduces change in our lives? How often do we turn Jesus away? Do you do that? I mean, are you afraid of the life that he's trying to give you? Are you afraid of what he's calling for you to do in your life? Don't turn away from Jesus. Don't turn Jesus away. Instead, place your trust and your hope in him today. Don't turn away from Jesus. For by God's grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, God's Son, our Lord, through his life, death, and resurrection, we are set free from sin, death, and the power of the devil. We are set free to live differently than the world expects in the world's status quo. We are to live as changed people. To live in the joy, the life, the peace, and the love that only God offers today and every tomorrow. So is insanity riding roller coasters? I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> is insanity sending the pigs off a cliff? Eh, probably not. But I can tell you what is insane. Sending Jesus away, the one who gives to you for free the gift of life and peace, forgiveness and hope. Jesus, the one who calls us to relinquish the illusion of control so that a new hope can be given to all. So this week, may we embrace our creator and redeemer and sanctifier this week. Today, as you come forward for Holy Communion this day, do not come in fear. For Christ is with you. And Christ gives you that forgiveness. Come forward this day. Receive that strength for the change that happens in your life. And the hope that God provides. Because quite frankly, I think it would be insane not to. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.